Chapter Twenty One of the Depths of the Soul. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Depths of the Soul by Wilhelm Stiekel. Translated by Samuel A. Tannenbaum. Chapter Twenty One Looking into the Future. It was getting late. The last guests had left the cafe. The waiters, tired and sleepy, were prowling around our table with a peculiar expression in their countenances, which clearly challenged us to call for our checks. We took no notice of them, or rather we refused to take notice. The sudden death of one of our dearest friends had aroused something incomprehensible in us which made us very restless. We were speaking about premonitions and that peculiar intangible awe which one feels in the presence of the incomprehensible, the supernatural, which at certain times overcomes even the most confirmed skeptic, sat at our table. The journalist, who could not deny a slight tendency to mysticism, was of the opinion that he would certainly not die a natural death. That was all we could get him to say on the subject at this time. Finally, however, he confessed with pretended indifference that he had a certain premonition that he will one day be trampled to death by frightened horses. Nonsense! Nursery tales! Superstition! Several voices exclaimed simultaneously. But the physician shook his head gravely. Strange! Very strange! Do you put any stock in this looking into the future? the journalist blushed so slightly that it could hardly be noticed the way men blush when they fear they had betrayed a weakness cautiously he replied and why not can you prove the contrary have we not until only a few years ago pooh-poohed the idea of telepathy and called it superstition but nowadays that the x-rays wireless telegraphy and other marvels have revolutionized our ideas about matter and energy and even space we no longer laugh pityingly at the poor dreamers who like swedenborg the northern magician sees things that are beyond the field of vision of their bodily eyes why then should i doubt the possibility of somebody some day finding an explanation for the ability to look into the future bosh exclaimed the lawyer that's all fantastic piffle i can cite you an example from my own experience which is as interesting as it is instructive i was very sick and confined to bed suddenly i awoke my heart palpitating and heard a loud voice screaming these words right into my ears you will live fourteen days more take advantage of this period just fourteen days later i was sailing on the ocean a frightful sirocco wind was tossing our little steamer from right to left and from left to right so violently that we could not retain our upright positions and suddenly my prophecy which i had almost completely forgotten came back to me but i remained very cool like a scientist who is on the eve of making a great discovery and risking his life to do so as you see i did not die and the ship came safely into port 
but had i accidentally perished and if my prophetic dream the outward projection of my unconscious fear my unpleasant hallucination had been known to the people about me the matter would have been construed as a new confirmation of the truth of premonitions we have so many premonitions that are never fulfilled that the few that happen accidentally to come true do not really matter lots of things in life are that way we speak of our hard luck because we forget the times when we have been lucky luck rushes by so swiftly bad luck creeps so so slowly and coming down to facts i do not know of a single instance of an undoubted fulfilment of a prophecy for i must confess that all these americans and berlin prophets who have recently given such striking proofs of their second sight do not impress me they have not uttered a single prophecy precisely and accurately and oracular speeches delivered in general terms are as elastic as a rubber band and can be applied to almost anything a great conflagration a destructive earthquake or a cruel war will rarely disappoint a prophet somewhere or other in this wide world there is a conflagration some time during the year the earth rocks somewhere and somewhere machine guns are being fired i therefore do not believe that our friend will be trampled to death by frightened horses at the most what will happen will be that his pegasus growing tired of being abused by him will suddenly throw him down for a little while there was silence we had the feeling that the counsellor's malicious witticism was out of place at this time the doctor broke the silence what will you say my dear friends if i tell you that a prominent scientist and psychologist has reported a case which seems to prove the possibility of looking into the future i say seems only because there is an explanation which transforms the supernatural into the natural the physician in question the well-known dr flournoy had frequently been consulted by a young man who was suffering from peculiar attacks of apprehension day and night he was haunted by the idea that he would fall from a high mountain into a deep precipice and so be killed logic and persuasion were of no avail in dealing with this obsession it was easy enough for flournoy to point out that all the young man had to do was to keep away from mountains and there would be no possibility of his meeting such a frightful end the patient grew very melancholic and could not be persuaded to enjoy life as formerly imagine this experienced psychologist's amazement on reading in his newspaper one day that his patient had been instantly killed by accidentally falling from a steep but easily passable ridge while he was taking a walk in a sanitarium in the alps the journalist exclaimed triumphantly doctor you've disproved your own theory if what you've just told us doesn't prove the power to look into the future then nothing does pish pish replied the physician haven't i said that the explanation is to follow we were all very curious to hear how such a strange occurrence could be explained without the aid of the supernatural the physician lit another cigar and continued what coming down to facts is fear 
you all know what it is for i've told you often enough fear anxiety apprehension is a repressed wish every time that two wishes are in conflict as to which one is to have mastery over the individual the wish that has to yield is perceived in consciousness as apprehension a young girl is apprehensive when she finds herself for the first time alone in a room with her sweetheart for the time being she is afraid of what later on she may wish for dr flournoy's melancholic young man was clearly tired of life the wish may have come upon him once to make an end of his life by throwing himself from a great height from such a height as would make failure of the suicidal attempt impossible this wish may have come to him at night in a dream or perhaps just before he fell asleep while he was in a state between sleep and waking who knows but it must have prevailed before the will to live had repressed it and converted it into apprehension and his prophetic premonitions were nothing but the misunderstood voice from within and his mysterious death was nothing but suicide i have forgotten to tell you that according to the newspaper reporters he had sat down on the edge of a precipice and fallen asleep he had fallen down while asleep as if the voices in his dream had whispered to him come do what you so earnestly yearn to do die now you have a fine opportunity the moment had come when the fear had become the stronger wish the journalist was pale the doctor's explanations seemed to have stirred up something in the deepest layers of his soul his voice box was seen to make that automatic movement which we all make when we are embarrassed as if we wished to speak but could not find the right word finally after he had coughed a little several times as if to clear his vocal cords he remarked in a somewhat heavy voice that would throw a peculiar light upon many accidental falls in the mountains you recall no doubt that a short time ago a well-known tourist had fallen from a relatively safe cliff he carried a lot of insurance and the insurance companies were very anxious to prove it a case of suicide is it possible that in this case too an unconscious power cooperated certainly exclaimed the physician certainly at any rate it is my conviction that many persons seek nothing but death in the mountains i have certainly met many tourists who had nothing more to hope for from life one who does not fear death no longer loves life or at any rate no longer loves it to such an extent as not to be willing to gamble with it have any of you an idea how many of our actions have their origin in unconscious motives all our life our shadow our other self walks by our side and has its say in everything we do as long as it is only a shadow it is not dangerous but woe if the shadow materializes as the spiritualists say the tourist makes a false step and falls into an abyss who or what guided his foot was it chance or the unacted wish that slumbered so long beyond the threshold of consciousness or shall we say that while one was climbing up a steep mountain path his strength failed him and he was precipitated into the depths below 
who can decide in such a case as to just what happened for a little moment the climber must have had the thought if you're not careful now you'll fall and be killed the next moment there may have issued from the repressed complexes the command do it then you are free and rid of all your troubles and so our young man could have continued to live on the uneven ground as flournoy had advised him to do but he preferred to go to the mountains perhaps it would be better to say that something drew him to the mountains it was the same power that precipitated him into the abyss his life weariness the trip he took to the country for the sake of his health was from the very beginning a flight into the realm of death he pursued his shadow just as he did not finish his sentence his cigar had gone out he lit it again and with wide open eyes gazed into the distance as if he had more to say but could not find the right word there was silence for a time and finally the counsellor ventured to say very interesting case i wonder if its psychology could not be generalized isn't it possible that a large number of the other daily fatal accidents could not be instances of unconscious suicide there is for example the case of the man who was run over by a cable car because he did not hear the bell the unlucky swimmer who was overcome by cramps the victim of the fellow who did not know the revolver was loaded haven't all these little and big accidents their shadowy motivation of course they have replied the physician of course we really know so little of the things we do and even less why we do them our emotions our feelings are really only the resultants of numerous components they are only tensions giving shadowy testimony of ripening forces we think we are directing these forces but we are being driven by them we think we make our decisions but we only accept the decisions of the other fellow in us professor freud has assured himself a place amongst the immortals with his psychological theory concerning so-called symptomatic acts he has substituted a secret inner will for blind chance and what about looking into the future inquired the journalist why that's only looking backward we can easily predict for ourselves anything we long for and can easily have presentiments about what we do not wish to avert the facts which permit us to glimpse the future are gleaned from our yesterdays our childhood wishes determine our subsequent history all of us could readily read our future could we call into new life our childhood emotions what we dreamed of in childhood we wish to experience as adults and if we cannot experience it we are drawn back into the realm of eternal dreams this is as true of humanity as a whole as of man individually only when we study our past can we see the future of our present then can we predict that our modern ultra-modern time with its innumerable stupidities with its conflicts and ideals with its strivings and discoveries will be far outstripped as we imagine ourselves to have outstripped our ancestors science and art politics and public life all a perpetual cycle tending towards an unknown future so then to return to my glimpse of the future 
the journalist interrupted that i shall be crushed by runaway horses the physician smiled superiorly just try to think back and see whether your presentiment has not its roots in the past something now occurs to me exclaimed the mystic my mother used to prophesy that i would not die a natural death i was a very wild youth and managed to spend a lot of time with the horses in our stable in great anger my dear little mother would then launch all sorts of gloomy predictions concerning my destiny his mysterious look into the future was now explained the doctor ventured to remark that this case also illustrated how intimately superstition and a consciousness of guilt are linked together the imaginary glimpse into the future was in his friend's case also only a glimmer out of the past he referred to the remarkable fact that our earliest recollections represent a reflection of our future there are facts he said slowly hesitatingly as if the words had to be forced out of his interior which one can hardly explain i once loved a woman with such an intense love as i have not felt for any woman since we spent a wonderful day together and then we bade each other good night i remained standing looking after her she was walking through the high reeds in a meadow her graceful figure was getting smaller and smaller with a slight turn in the road she disappeared from my view but soon reappeared and then for a while i saw her shadowy outline until a clump of trees again hid her from my view and then i saw her again but very small i saw something white her handkerchief at this moment a shiver went through me and i thought that's how you will lose her gradually you will cease to see her twice she will reappear and then she will be gone forever nonsense said i to myself and spun bold plans for the future but the future proved that my presentiment had been true everything happened as i had felt it that evening a glimpse into the future and yet sometimes i think to myself that i had only realized the impossibility of a union between us what i felt as a presentiment may have been only clearer inner comprehension the waiter yawned loud this time we took the hint and paid we went home and something oppressive unspoken weighed us all down as if we were not quite satisfied with the solution of the mystery as if the shuddering sweetness of a superstitious belief in supernatural powers a belief in something above and beyond us would be more to our liking silently we took our way through the quiet streets we felt for all the world like children who had been told by their mother that the beautiful story was only a story that the prince and the princess had never really lived we had been robbed of one of life's fairy tales fie fie on this naked sober empty reality how much nicer it would be if we could look into the future End of chapter 21